0: We're going Courtney. God, what are you doing? It's too early for powder. Damn it, Josephine! I'm watching Morning Grinders. It comes with my annual muck club membership, and you know I'm gonna get my money's worth. Yeah, Go on, back to bed. Keep bringing about sugar plums and Paula Deen recipes or some shit. Courtney Scott's girl. I never seen nothing like it, Josephine. Not KJR just smoked her in the armrest of match. even though she can squat half a dump truck and has abs. This guy spends- is that what you want? Uh, is that a trick question? Otherwise I don't even know how to respond to that shit. This shit's dumb. You know that's not real life, right? It's a Photoshop. I'm a real woman. No, you're a real big woman. Just cause a chick still has both her legs and no diabetes don't mean she's Dr. Josephine. She didn't have no babies, it's different. She ain't got no baby weight. It ain't baby weight when the baby's in middle school, Josephine. At some point it's just golden corral and aversion to push-ups. Stop blaming it on the boy. Whoever,
1: that guy, is, Zelda, or, I don't
0: know. You better hope he doesn't go to college otherwise you lose your excuse for that postpartum depression. I come to-
2: a special place in hell reserved for mimes. Producing with me in video studio as always is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at notgayjared, me at scrowder. Uh, with your thoughts your comments your photoshops your videos, whatever it is you want to send often It's a violation of not only Twitter guidelines, but uh, human decency guidelines human my li-
3: Always the human
4: decency the my obligations. Are
2: we good yeah, we're good my half Asian lawyer Woo! Bill Richmond here.
4: How are you today, sir? Wonderful. How are y'all?
2: Uh, well, we're doing well He filled in for those who are Mug Club members earlier this week with the the legal episode with G Morgan jr while We were in Hawaii uh, and, and then the hits keep coming
4: We've had some interesting developments. <laughs> We've had some interesting
2: developments, which we'll discuss at the end of this segment. For those who aren't Mug Club members, uh, by the way, Ben Shapiro, Dinesh D'Souza, Dinesh Souza. Owen Benjamin—unbelievable show! This is an all-star show, all-star show. Mm-hmm.
3: Can't get better. Can't it's get better. better. It could be better. It I, could always be. It could I'm always here. be
2: significantly better. I, I am still that, here. That was that—that that was hyperbole. But we're pretty happy. <laughs> but we're we're pretty good. It's right look under look the this. wire. For those who don't know, Bill, you can you can tease. Who is it? Who is? threatening or upset or perhaps sending legal action, sending letters to us because they're mad at us. Let's, I, 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 I've i covered all my bases. Who is it? The ghost of Bob Ross. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know that that's, but yes, the Bob Ross Estate, they've been sending us cease and desist letters because um, you can't draw Mahama. Bob Ross Incorporated. Bob Ross Incorporated, so we'll talk more about that, show you some letters and uh, other guests, but let's get to news of the day. Hey, a 10-year-old boy was hired to mow the White House lawn. Uh, this was a big story, everyone thought it was very heartwarming, and was thrilled with it, but uh, unfortunately the boy subsequently lost out to an illegal immigrant who was willing to do the job for half. <laughs> and that's what happened. And uh, unfortunately for Paco Jimenez, he was replaced by a girl who was willing to do the job for 77 cents on the dollar, but it seems oh. like she just wanted to get close. Close to, the, the to the White House. The White House. It seems suspicious. Bill has a silent laugh, which is a useless laugh. <laughs> it is <laughs> useless. It's I entirely can't. useless. I have to look at him <laughs> like, is he is he offended? Is he okay? <laughs>
4: you can't tell when I'm extra squinty. Then I'm really laughing. It's true. You look like <laughs> the the Buddha change plate
2: at the restaurant. Hey. Um, he can't sue me because he's my lawyer. He'd have to sue himself for that statement. He would. Hackers also. This is another story in the news. We'll get to Donald Trump's immigration in a bit. Hold your horses. They say they stole 1.5 terabytes from HBO, and this this was all over the news. Uh, because the hackers subsequently began protesting when they noted that only 0. 0.2 terabytes contained black characters. Aww. Some were particularly upset. Bernie picks his battles. He does. He does. Bernie picks his battles. Uh, hashtag Black Walkers Lives Matter. Hey. <laughs> Did you know about this? Are you if to get following Game of Thrones, Bill?
4: I am, really? catching up. Well, I started all over with the wife, went to the very beginning, watching it through.
2: Have you watched the season beforehand?
4: Uh, I've seen- Like all the other se- seasons? Up to season four.
2: Okay, so apparently I'm not, I guess I'm the only
3: one who thinks it's, it's overrated.
4: See, I was going to, I was so interested. And then everyone's just trashing
3: the current season. So I'm like, oh, well. It's always I'm not missing anything. That. But anyway, if you want
2: to just go to the HBO hack, everyone can watch their favorite characters get castrated five weeks early. <laughs> There's right there. three castrations in Game of Thrones three. Reek, uh, I don't know, Mr. What was it, Littlefingers? I don't know. There were three castrations. Not pleasant. Not a particularly pleasant one. Someone seems a little
3: uh, little, little fixated, a little fascinated with the castration.
2: They do seem a little f- mm. fixated with the castrations. But hey, then they're going to do Confederate. Confederate so, should be really interesting. Yeah, there can be black <laughs> castrations. That'll be fun. Equal opportunity. NASA has a new job now, planetary protection officer. This is an actual job <laughs> they've assigned. To, it's a well-paying job, by the way. They've assigned to one person an interplanetary job. Their job is exclusively to protect the planet Earth. Also of note, he's a <laughs> f***et. So that's something that's important. <laughs> With See. our
4: powers combined.
2: Yes, with our powers combined.
3: That sounds like a horrible job to have. Like, I, it, it, well, it could be great. It could be a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, you got a lot of expectations to live up to. Or you could get laid a lot. That's a title yeah, that get gets you a lot He's of parts Hey,
2: my job is to protect the planet. Oh,
4: Officer.
2: I think that you're delusional. Uh, when the local police come take him away. I guess it is. It's got to be a tough, you know, in this, we've noticed that people understanding their jobs, probably something that a firm helps people. Like, okay, you are local police. You'll handle local affairs. You are ICE. You will handle deportations. Uh-huh. You're the FBI. You'll be handling sort of international and full-on national-scale investigations. You protect the world. <laughs> the planets. The whole world, The
1: cosmos.
2: I don't know how. It's just Neil deGrasse Tyson in a wizard robe. Oh. Uh, no. Trump. So this is something people are art talking about have you been following as a lawyer to the trump's immigration policy bill yep you haven't have you no <laughs> <laughs> i'm already yeah, in this like country. i just showed up to talk about B- bob ross i don't know why why i'm here uh g morgan Jr. will be back next week and uh they, they won't be sub hosting anytime soon no won't be allowed Mm-mm. not allowed so new york times for those who don't know they're trying to make sense of this we'll talk with this either with ben or dinesh uh this has been the headline this week we've been gone traveling we did a big hawaii episode some highlights will be uploaded this weekend it was tough when we came back because we had to sift through the news. And the New York Times headline regarding the immigration policy read like this. It just says, Donald Trump wants to cut legal immigration in half, period. That's all they talk about. And that sounds really bad because, of course, conservatives have been saying for a long time that we support legal immigration. We have a problem with illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't come without any caveats. It shouldn't when, it, when it's the best country on the face of the earth. By objective measurements, the United States is the country where more people want to be than anywhere else on the face of the earth. You don't get to join the most exclusive club. You don't get to. to you're, you're not accepted to the most exclusive universities in the world unless you meet some demands. So they say you want to cut legal immigration in half. Here's what they don't tell you. And you can read this at the WhiteHouse.gov. Uh, don't take our word for it. Yeah, it makes legal immigration difficult if you don't speak English. This is a part of the bill. If You are an unskilled worker, unable to provide for yourself. Why? Because a lot of people coming into this country don't speak the language. And they, they drive wages down because there's unskilled labor, and they come here, and with unskilled labor, they'll take the lowest wage possible because they come from countries where minimum wage would be considered a whole lot there. And that also, people say, oh, you don't believe in a minimum wage as a libertarian. Well, no, of course you believe in a minimum, of course you don't necessarily believe in a minimum wage as a libertarian, as we saw in Hawaii, $18 an hour, yeah. because that <laughs> negatively affects the lowest skilled workers. But same thing when we're talking about health care. Again, we are talking about an issue. These are intricately tied together. You can't have people who come over here willing to take pennies in the dollar. They're not being paid pennies in the dollar, by the way, when it comes mm-hmm. to construction jobs. But sometimes they're willing to. You can't have people come here who don't speak the language. You can't have people who come here who don't require ID at Social Security. We saw that in Hawaii. You just ask for an escort. You don't need to show <laughs> ID. And then the rest of us supporting them. So this is really designed, if you look at this bill, to raise the wages. It would make, actually, we have Sven Computer, our intern. He's still in Germany. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to bring him here. Here. That's a really you have to do a, a, a it's J tough. visa. It's so much work. It's tough, and if we just said if we were just able to say, listen, we want him here because he speaks English, he's great at researching, he's great at editing, and uh, we'll pay him a significant. It, it would be no. Pro- this would make it easier for skilled workers who speak English to get into this country. Mm-hmm. How, how, how? What am I? How is this a bad thing?
4: They may not. They may not vote for the people they want them to.
2: This <laughs> is a good point. They might not vote. By the way don't need an ID to vote in certain states because that could be racist. racist. So to explain this to us a little bit more and, uh, and, 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 hope, well, explain uh, to talk about this. We have <laughs> one of your favorites, Owen Benjamin with a song on He's, illegal immigration, yeah. the new policy. Is he there? He's you there. Cool. Owen, you there? Steven
5: and the gang. It's your old friend, Owen. I'm currently in Los Angeles. That's why I'm uh, very sweaty. And uh, I'm at the Hollywood improv and I wrote you guys a song just for today about immigration because I know it's a touchy, Touchy subject. So I'm thinking about it. The new immigration policy favors people that don't suck. (laughs) If you find that racist, that kind of implies that you think all non-white people suck. (laughs) In India, many people can spell tricky english words like restaurant better than me it's
2: true it's We're true. gonna do it it is very we'll true take all
5: of them and nigerians with a business that can help our gdp he got it but got one it. <laughs> group who can't speak english is lazy and commits a lot of crime uh-oh we don't want them stay home. Don't hop that fence. We're not giving you a dime. Careful. I'm talking about French Canadians. <laughs> Dirty French Canadians. Je ne say, pas why you don't comb your hair? French Canadians. Call me French Canadians. Uh, they are. Your prime mi- minister listens prime minister. to share, share, <laughs> share. Oh, by the way, I'm really sorry, Stephen's mom. I know you are French Canadian. You're a wonderful person, and we're so happy you're here. Uh, welcome. That was but nice. To everybody song. else, uh uh-uh. dîtois.
1: French Canadians,
5: pretty <laughs> French Canadians. Canadians, pretty French Canadians, we all know Trudeau
2: loves the con- Okay, thank you Owen Benjamin. We knew, we, we, we very much appreciate uh, him putting together those songs for us. I don't know, next time we'll be able to have him do that.
3: It, it, it could Thank be you. some
1: time. That's the
2: use of Skype and with uh, with Jared's finger on the button. All right, we have a Bench Pro coming up, in not too long, we're going to get to some legality. But for, first, we were notified of this last from the last show. Yes, we we're talking about Germany. We we're talking about tr- the trans soldier ban. It almost mm-hmm. seems like months ago. That was last week. Well, I was just. This week ago. That was just one Thursday. Wow. This Thursday, that's how only six sleeps or seven sleeps. Six. I don't know. You haven't come to a mathematician's page. Okay? Mm -mm. You knew this when you signed up. But in Germany, we were notified not only have they proactively been hiring trans people for the military, they've been recruiting them, I should say. But they've also, for combatants, (laughs) been recruiting people with physical disabilities (laughs) to improve their diversity. This is not a joke. Sven Computer notified us of this. In Germany, they're always at the forefront of of progress because, you know, they kind of swing a little further the other way. Guilty. And we get it. You have some some making up to do Germany. (laughs) They're going out of their way in order to create a diverse military by proactively recruiting (laughs) transgender disabled soldiers. Which make them as surprises in the long time coming. They've actually built a prototype oh. for the the perfect uh, cybernetic German soldier.
6: Really? Yeah, well, yeah, they have. Oh. My CPU is a gender-neutral processor, a tolerant computer, and I won't let cerebral palsy stop me.
2: <laughs> Bill looked horrified, and then he was okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's <you> why <laughs>
4: Diverse armies, right? You're gonna yeah, have some good, you gotta you're gonna it. have the rest bad.
2: Yeah, well, in Germany it's pretty much all bad. Pretty much all bad. By the way, you're welcome they
3: specialize.
4: for us
2: footing the tab. Sincerely, America. Alright, uh, this is another thing. Procter & Gamble. So much has happened in a week because so we were much. gone. Procter & Gamble released this video on YouTube called The Talk, and it's received a lot of criticism, I think. Well-deserved criticism uh, for those who might not have... It has millions of plays online. Let, let, let's see why people might be upset.
7: There are some people who think you don't deserve the same privileges just because of what you look like. It's not fair. It's not.
2: Yeah, so this is setting the tone in case you're wondering if it, gets, it <laughs> do, doesn't get any better. The whole Procter Gamble talk epi- uh, commercial is about race. It's about not being able to get ahead. It's about how racism is alive and well in America. Same thing, we'll have a review of Detroit tomorrow on the YouTube channel and on, uh, for Mug, Clubs at, uh, mm-hmm. Mug Club members at CRTV.com from my dad, who was raised in Detroit during the riots. Um, this is what they're, they're pushing. You can't make it in America if you're black. By the way, all these people in the commercial look like Shaft because they have to go back <laughs> to the 60s to make their point where there, were at, where there was actual systemic racism. And then they try to ad- Adapted it to more. Let, let, let's go to the next clip. Remember, you
8: can do anything they can. The difference is you got to work twice as hard and be twice as smart.
2: Only the opposite of that. <laughs> I don't even know, and by the way, listen. this doesn't. We can look at the scores here. We actually have a, an Asian. If you look at the average SAT scores and you look at how it affects Asians... On college. They're the ones who have to get significantly higher SAT scores and grades to get into college because they tend to fare so well. This is what affirmative action does. You fill a quota with black people who have much, much lower overall scores and performances than their Asian counterparts. And you know this, right? That's exactly what, what kind the of case. scores did you have to have to get? Was it absurd?
4: Well, uh, if I didn't want to get beat, I would have to get perfect scores or better than perfect.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah.
4: So you. That's outrelated related to the schools, I think.
2: It's kind of the idea, you know. I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to get the. Per- you just have to get the better score than the next Asian. That's correct. That's that's your competitive pool. Yeah. And that's why you have to all learn violin and cello and crap. That's correct. <laughs> because you these you need extracurriculars. Yeah, I speak Latin and I play the violin in the orchestra.
4: Exactly. The function of how closed my eyes are is how much more I need it on my record. <laughs>
2: <laughs> your eyes are closed, but also your mind. By the way, this affirmative action hurts also black people, so they, they don't need to be twice as good or, or, or twice as smart. As a matter of fact, we have lower expectations. what does that do to black students? Well, the dropout rate is twice as high compared to their white peers, uh, even higher. Uh, compared to Asians, and they tend to be in the bottom percentiles of their class, and they fall behind because they got into a program which was too advanced for them. But oh dear, my word! There's some guilty white guy on the hiring board, on the admissions board, who says, "You know what? We need a black guy." And uh, it, it ends up being horrible. It's the racism, the prejudice, of soft expectations. All right, let's uh, let's go on to the next fallacious clip. Come straight home after
8: practice. You got your ID? Yeah. I guess I stopped you.
1: How's your review? We're good. You good? You yeah, see? We're good. Okay. Good. Now, when you get
3: pulled over, um,
6: uh, I'm a good driver. Okay. Baby, don't worry. This is not about you getting a ticket. This is about you not coming home.
2: Ah, what's the implication there?
4: You got shot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> one, for you not know, lawyers deal in the realm of nuance? No, no <laughs> I guess not Asian lawyers. It's like that lady at the uh, the, the GoPro at the jet ski rental. Remember oh, yeah. the, go- the, the film is broken You buy or you, you buy. no buy you buy no buy but but you you sold us something. It's the same price, but the footage doesn't work Then they'll buy you know, Very clear. There is no negotiation with them. You only deal in black and white Shades of yellow, so here's the deal the implication here, of course, is since we're talking with the, with the Shaft lookalikes, the 60s civil rights, we'll give you that. There were some screw-ups that needed to be corrected. Now we get to this, and they're dealing with opinion based on false statistics that you might not come home. You might get shot. You might get shot by a police officer. And what does this do? They say, well, we don't mean all police officers. You saw this with Anna Kasperian and Ann Coulter in their debate. But you just did make a blanket statement. It's about you coming home. That's a blanket statement about interactions between officers. And black civilians in the united states little known fact about that police officers are actually three times more likely to shoot an unarmed white suspect three times more likely and if you look at the overall violent interactions between police uh, and civilians there is no correlation between increased violence with black americans none there was a harvard study that showed that but three times more likely to shoot white americans so this, this is kind of the issue here they want to talk about you're, you're, you're held down you won't be able to get into school uh, there's just a, there are just throngs of, of police men in blue out there looking to shoot you because of melanin in your skin. Th- this is this is the problem. We need to have this talk. Well, hold on a second. I do think we need to have a talk. Proctor and Gamble. Anyone notice anything about this video?
1: Hmm.
2: Anyone at all? Hmm. Hmm. After the 1960s portion, when we get to today.
0: Hmm.
2: Not a single father to be found. <laughs> Nary a dad. So let's talk about that, Procter and Gamble. We want to have a talk. There is one statistic out there that is the strongest indicator of whether you'll finish school, whether you go to college, whether you'll be successful, what kind of a wage you'll make, whether you'll get married, whether you'll get divorced, whether you have productive, uh, healthy families of your own, whether you end up in prison. And that statistic is, do you have a mommy and daddy and are mommy and daddy married? Particularly, is daddy in the house? And does Procter and Gamble talk about the fact that over 70% of black children are born to unwed mothers, 66% don't have a dad around at all in the household. You want to have the talk? Okay, let's have the talk, Procter and Gamble. That's not allowed. No. You never want to have, let's keep it real, bro. Oh, do you have a father? Man, it's cold. No, that's real. And that's the determining factor. That's a much bigger determining and factor. We need
0: than, a dialogue. Okay, so, no, not that. Not, not, that, not dialogue. that Not that. Not that one. i want to talk about Planet of the Apes stealing my Vest. <laughs>
2: DeRay, I still couldn't stop laughing when I saw Planet of the Apes in the blue vest. I'm like, DeRay, you planted this in my head.
6: I would have never seen it if you didn't say that monk is wearing a mod jacket. He
4: self-identified. It's just horrible. You usually have
2: to wait for a a grand dragon to show up, you know, in the clan uh, to to make that comparison. (laughs) DeRay did it himself. These are gifts. Okay, all right. We don't have that much time left. So before we get to Ben Shapiro, and he'll give us some inside baseball exclusive scoops on the uh, the Chank Uyghur debate than Dinesh D'Souza, We have been, what do we call this? Threatened, we've been sent legal notifications from the Bob Ross estate. For those who don't know uh, some of our most famous videos, Bob Ross Paints Muhammad, they didn't like it. So what's the terminology here?
4: Uh, Verbal reprimand? Verbal reprimand. Uh, Pearl clutching? Yes, Mm -hmm.
2: they filed a violation of trademark. They did. They did, not copyright.
4: Correct, just with YouTube, they filed that complaint. They said, take these videos down, we're horribly offended.
2: Yes, this is the Bob Ross estate. Because we're not in a- accordance with Muslim law by <laughs> not, painting Muhammad. Not even joking. They literally said this is against Muslim law. I think the, the against Muslim practice. Something, Muslim But, practice, but, but implying, yeah. that, implying that you can't do this because of Muslims painting Muhammad. And if only we'd have known. <laughs> um, so then it you did respond. We received a letter. You talked about that on Wednesday. We did. The letter uh, saying that this was basically... The letter was well. Okay, hold on. You responded to that letter, and then today we've received another letter on the so this way is, over here. This I got the letter, fresh, hot <laughs> off the presses. So this has been going back and forth for a while. This is the re, read some snippets here from their from their letter. This is from the Bob Ross estate, and uh, we basically told them we're not going to stop. And, and, and this is now their their, their counterclaim.
4: Right. Our response was no First Amendment. Give up here. Yeah. Uh, and their response was. Putting the legalities aside for the moment, we have to ask, is this really what you believe is wise and prudent or good business? That's what good lawyers do. They put legality aside. <laughs> then they go That's... on to finish up, we hope as a matter of pure decency. Your client will reconsider his position to which I respond. <laughs> no. <laughs> have you seen this show? Have they watched is that, the is show? That legal, is that legal jargon?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Your Honor, may I approach the balling. bench? <laughs> overruled um, so this is what they sent as a matter of decency they want us to stop and you will send another formal letter to Bob Ross the yeah. Bob Ross Inc., Inc and this is important because we, we, you know, there are several letters we don't want to get into misinterpreting the letter this is what they actually sent us we will send them a letter and we'll talk about that on air once it's been sent to the proper channels but in the interim we have we, there is a video response that has been drafted
4: yeah, that's yeah, correct
2: that's been, been sent to them regard, well, well, let's take a look
8: Welcome back to the Joy of Painting. I'm Bob Ross. Now painting can be used as more than just something that's beautiful to look at. It can be used to express oneself. Sometimes it can be used to express frustration, tranquility, or sometimes gratitude, as we'll be doing today, expressing gratitude in response to some passionate fan mail we've received. We have a lot of different viewers here at The Joy of Painting. Some viewers are policemen, some are firemen, and some are lawyers we'll be responding to today who have talked about this show with great vigor that Bob Ross is in violation of copyright law. So we want to respond to them and. Make sure they know they're welcome on this program so you can grab your palette. Today, we will be working with a lot of browns. A lot of browns. The beauty of brown here is you can mix it with any color and it's a different brown. Become a bay or a taupe. For our passionate lawyer friend, we're gonna start by drawing a pile of s**t just with little short strokes. There you go. It's a little, starts off as a molehill and turns into a mountain. Just a big, old mountain of shit. And there we go. Just a valley of piping hot shit. We'll mix up some color, add some red in there. It'll make it a little bit more of a cocoa flavoring at that point, give it some depth. And now we're gonna move into portrait mode and paint our lawyer friend who sent us the fan mail falsely notifying us of a violation of copyright. And there's our lawyer. Like a gazelle at a familiar watering hole bending over on all fours to eat from our steaming hot pile of shit. Let's draw a few lawyers. I'm sure with a firm they have some lawyer friends. I'm still going with brown. You can use any color you like. Taupe or sand. Depends on the diet. Here's another lawyer. And there you go, the lawyers who are sent out in droves on YouTube to flag as violations, eating from our firm but corn-infested pile of shit. Oh, there you go, Everyone's, everyone's sharing. There's plenty of this pile of shit to go around for the entire firm. If you feel like there's not enough, you can wait your turn. There's plenty of room for you to eat at this big old mountain of s**t. And there we go. Oh, that's lovely. And you know what? We're a big fan of traditions here at the Joy of Painting with Bob Ross, and they look like they could use a friend. So let's finish this up with a nice little portrait of Muhammad joining them and eating from this big old pile of s**t. There he is, Muhammad, holiest of prophets, peace be upon him, with a team of false trademark flagging lawyers, eating from a big pile of personally drawn shit. From me to you, I'm Bob Ross, happy painting, and God bless you, my friend.
2: Did you ever think in your wildest dreams, Bill, this is what you'd be involved with? I think we will be well-received. We'll keep you abreast as the story unfolds. Coming up next is Ben Shapiro. Stay
0: tuned. Earth. Fire. Wind. Water. Heart! Go By your, your powers, powers combined, I am, I am Captain, Captain planet. planet. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. Okay, Planeteers, are you ready? With our powers combined. Yeah, wait, hold, hold on a second. Um,
2: Captain's not here yet. Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean he's not here? No, ca- Captain's not here. He's he's running late. Well, how how is he late? Why did he j- he can just fly here? No, actually, because of the EPA and the new Montreal Protocol, they found that his flight was disrupting migratory patterns of birds, so they banned him. What? Okay, well, how is he getting here? Um, I think he's driving. Oh, hold on. Hey, Cap! Were your ears ringing? Why, you were talking about me? What what were you saying? Oh, nothing. Everyone just wants to know when you're going to get here so we can beat this evil Texas oil baron. Yeah, I. You know, I. That, that's not going to happen anytime soon. My Tesla ran out of battery.
0: What? Oh my God! How? You know, that's what I'm at. It says the thing's supposed to get 250 miles. I've never gotten this piece of sh** to get more than 90. Oh no! I told you you should have gone with the Prius.
2: Oh, shut up! Those handle like crap.
0: Okay, so then where are you?
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm at some charging station in Simi Valley. I, I don't know if it's a BP. Or a shell, but it, it is going to take a while. Oh, it's such a bummer. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you know, but it's the price of being green. At least it's just using electric power. It's not like gas or coal, so that's the price to pay, I guess. Yeah, but do you know where that electricity comes from? What? Well, you say you're charging your car with the electricity, but that electricity has to come from somewhere. You mean like lightning? No, if you're out and see me, actually, uh, that's probably coal. You mean to tell me I'm not flying because of an endangered species of seagull and I'm charging my Tesla in a power outlet that's fueled by coal?
0: Pretty much. Son of a
1: bitch! He's a
2: All right, glad to have our next guest. We don't often have guests this frequent. I guess they don't appear this frequently, sandwiched together. Was, these
3: are special circumstances, these are, though.
2: but these are special circumstances. Special
3: times. These well, special, well, special, special times.
2: And that is because of uh, of a sexual accosting that occurred very publicly at the hands of our next guest. It was it was something. It was everything we hoped it would be. He is the host of the Ben Shapiro Show on the dailywire.com and uh, now it's growing. I think it has millions of plays. Legendary, his debate with Chink Weeger. Ben, thank you for being on the show, sir.
9: Hey, thanks for, thanks for having me, as always. I mean, Th- it's always wonderful to, to see you and watch you dance and just think to myself, what have I done with my life?
2: Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> Imagine me looking at myself on the monitor. I look at it and I go, wow, well, even I don't like myself. <laughs> hey! So, Shank and now you're making the rounds. You're you're everywhere. It's like chlamydia. I see you everywhere now. You're on Joe Rogan. uh, And I mean it complimentary. By the way, you got yourself checked, right, after the debate? Because you went in deep. So, what did you... (laughs) <laughs> what you saw the ride you bought a ticket anyway what what has what been am the, I doing with my life <laughs> holy, holy moly um wow for people who haven't watched it give us kind of behind the scenes what was it like for you prepping getting ready what did you expect we have Dinesh D'Souza on next which we'll talk about with him it was a big turning point in the chank thing because he yeah. always went low what were you expecting
9: yeah, so I think that uh, you know I'd watched the last couple of debates. I always kind of scout out my opponents in debates. I'd watched Chank's debates with uh, Ann Coulter, and then I watched his debate with Dinesh, and it seemed like it was the same tactic over and over, which was he would pull some quote from ten years ago that somebody said, and then he would, and then he would say. I demand that you defend this, and then as soon as they start defending it, he would immediately swivel to the crowd, like physically swivel to the crowd, and then say, well, "What he's really saying, he's racist." Right? That—that that was the—that was the routine. See, I hear uh, your impressions, and, so, and
2: I wonder what I'm doing with my life, but I, I want you to continue.
9: Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I so I prepped for it like that was what was going to happen. Like uh, like he was going to come after me, you know, with quotes that are 15 years old and try and take something out of context. And so I had, you know, with me a a stack of crap that was just like <laughs> I, I was i was fully prepared if you if you'd gone low then we would have talked Armenian genocide for now that's what hour. i was going like, to ask you that, th-
2: that was my immediate follow up was armenian genocide included
9: yeah i mean that, that there was definitely material there if you if you had called me an islamophobe uh, I would have read quotes that he had stated about Islam back in 2005. Like I'd, I really had prepped it. Uh, and so I was ready to go. And I think two things sort of threw him off. One was that in the green room, I was very cordial to him, but I don't think that would have mattered to him too much. I think that what really threw him off is that the last couple of times with Ann and with Dinesh, when he did those debates, there were, it was it was definitely a majority young Turks army room, right? Yeah. It was definitely his people. Uh, and so you can play to your people. When, when your people are there, you play to them. When he walked out, I mean, first of all, the crowd that showed up, For my town hall, it was supposed to be like 300 people. They didn't move the room because it was 1,000 people who showed up. And then for the debate, they originally had it slated for a 1,000-person room, and 3,000 people showed up, and probably two-thirds of them were people who were fans of the show. So that meant that he walked out and he got booed. And so I think in that moment, he realized, okay, if I go low and Shapiro hits me with Armenian genocide, it could, I mean... It could legitimately end my career. I mean, it could be a serious I, I problem. Don't think, I
2: don't think that were, there was that amount of forethought. I think uh, he had just seen the feedback from the Dinesh thing. We, you know, we'll have Dinesh on afterwards. That's afterward. possible, too. Dinesh is is obviously a, a formidable debater, he, but he's used to a certain level of decorum with, like, Hitchens, or I think he would debate with Dawkins. Even though they would vehemently disagree, they wouldn't go, Your wife divorced you! It's bullshit! You know, that wasn't what they did. Right. Um, and, uh, by the way, did you at any point when he was literally say, and I'm not misusing literally, but when he was literally saying, of course, did you feel like you were possibly debating my impression of Jank? Of did it cross I, your th- mind? There,
9: were, there were a couple points where, I, was, where I, I started grinning because it's like, all of a sudden, you, Crowder's in my head and I'm just looking across the room and it's like it's like those old Popeye cartoons where you're stuck on a robot with somebody and they start looking like a hamburger. And then I'm looking across the stage and suddenly Chank uh, looks exactly like Steven Crowder in the Chank outfit shouting, of course, Google it. So yeah, I mean, listen, it, I, I was happy with it, with it just because I was happy he stayed substantive. I mean, for an hour, it was actually a pretty substantive debate. I mean, we did health care and we did taxes. And it was only at the very end he tried to drop in the Southern strategy crap, which, of course, doesn't fly with me because I know too much about that stuff. So yeah. it was uh, – he tried that with, with Dinesh for an hour. And every time Dinesh tried to get a, a word in edgewise, he would then demagogue the Strom issue. But, uh, Strom Thurmond!
0: Strom
6: Thurmond! You're bullshit! That was what he would do. <laughs> right,
9: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it, there was there was not a lot of that. And I was I was sort of shocked by that. I mean, it was really – it was shockingly cordial. It was shockingly formal, um, and uh, I thought that it was it was a good discussion. I mean, I, I thought that you know if if I had to rank my performance, I thought I did pretty well. Um, but I thought that it was it was not what it was with Anwarth Dinesh. It was not yeah. just him getting up there and shouting well, at me, I- and then me being taken aback or anything like that.
2: And I think there are two reasons for that. I think you were ready for this. I think a lot of people, there was sort of, even just two years ago, it was the era of, well, we're legitimate media. And so Young Turks were just seen as YouTubers. And now we know that they're every bit as big and influential as traditional media. So we've done our homework. So that, where you were prepared for it, you understood what, what it is that they brought to the table. And I also think, again, there was a turning point where people have realized that that's what Cenk does. And people have seen his playbook. But I do want to ask you some more questions afterward. I wouldn't necessarily say he was super substantive, or that it was unbelievably cordial. Uh, But I do, well, I think you were, but I do want to, let's roll a couple of clips. Let's see the first one for people who haven't watched the debate. Please go watch it, I think they have the whole debate up at Mm dailywire.com. A couple of highlights, let's see the first one.
5: If if money was speech, well then if you go to a hooker,
9: and you say, oh no, uh, officer, I was just talking to her, okay? (laughs) Money is not speech. Final point here, when you say money in politics is bad, again I ask you, Buddy Romer gave you $4 million to start TYT. What did he expect in return? Should he not have given you money? Was the money not speech? It was just money, after all. It was just like a hooker, I assume. So are you the prostitute? How did this work?
2: It is every bit as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> Call it uh, a cultural divide there, but uh, we apologize, Benji. Um, but that was pretty, I think it was substantial because he was trying, I wouldn't say getting personal, but again, trying to imply character flaws of manipulating elections, and you flip that on him. So I think even when he was trying to present a somewhat cordial appearance, that wasn't what was really happening. Uh, for more proof, let's, let's go to another clip. Naki Jared, are we ready? Yep. All right, let's go to the clip.
0: If you want to get money out of politics and then you said the Young Terse cannot donate money to politicians, I'd say, of course! That's the whole point of getting money out of politics.
9: <laughs> young Terse is super successful. We have 80 million uniques. It's, it's wonderful. Do you think Thank Bernie you. Sanders would care more if you gave him $10,000 or if you dedicated your entire network to kissing his ass for an election cycle? <laughs> <laughs> Shame
0: on oh! a nigga who's with the trigger. Shame on a nigga to run game on yeah,
2: he didn't choose Whoa! the thug life, but God chose his people.
0: Uh,
2: and we, we have a Hebrew pass? Hopefully we do. So here's something interesting. <laughs> By the way, I don't mean this distasteful to Jewish people. It's that you wouldn't see it if I didn't put it towards the front. I, I'm aware that it goes yeah, towards no, the Yeah, No,
9: I appreciate it. That's,
2: that's, uh... <laughs> um, something you said that I thought was interesting. You said you prepared a lot for Cenk, for the debate. And you're just going to have to take me seriously for the rest of this, because this is glued into my... That's why uh, it was difficult during the break. It was,
9: it was well, really... then, once, once we've got you, you're stuck. I mean, there's nothing you can do There's about nothing you can do, so do to change to the, it. Welcome to the tribe gang. I mean... Um, uh, a lot of people... And this is the same thing with fighting. Hope you enjoy the holocaust thing, because that, that's part of the... It's part yeah, of the... I part
6: feel, so. be the world's most powerful genie? And everything that comes with it.
9: No! <laughs> uh,
6: um, so... Uh,
2: you said you, you just you prepared for him. Some people take a different approach. With debates, it's just be generally prepared. Like, there are fighters who say, I never watch tape on my opponent. I just worry about me. Now, I've always uh, taken a different approach. I'm, I wouldn't consider myself anywhere in your league as far as debating, but we happen to have a lot of leftists in the show. I think you need a base level of being prepared for anything. You know, it's jack of all trades, master of one is the original term, and then watch tape to prepare as best as you can for this individual, especially someone like Shank who goes rogue. How do you prepare yeah. in general for your
9: debates? Was this... I mean, it, it really does differ by person. So, you know, there, there are people who have greater expertise on a specific topic than I do, right? I and mean, if I were to debate somebody on global warming, I'd really want to do a deep dive into global warming before I did the debate because they probably have a higher level of expertise on the particulars than I do before I do my no, right. research. Um, but, I hope you so. know, when, when it's a general debate, like with Cenk, uh, then you sort of just have to look at his tactics. So the truth is that the stuff that we ended up debating on was not stuff that I had prepped. The stuff that we ended up debating on was, was almost like the, there was a list of questions that the moderator was was going to talk about, and that oh, okay. went out the window pretty much right away. So it just turned into a general debate about all these issues. Like I knew that Chank likes to talk about money and politics, so I'd done my research about you know where he got his funding, for example, which you see in those clips. But as for, a former Republican matter, governor, like, right? Louisiana. was that
2: wasn't a former Republican yeah, governor yeah, from Buddy
9: Romer in Louisiana and then I also mentioned you know right after I said that uh, about uh, about him receiving money from Buddy Romer I said you know are you in the pay of the Qataris also about Al Jazeera like yeah, yeah, I yeah. had you know I, I'd, I'd done the research on that sort of stuff because I figured that was going to come up but most of the stuff I prepped didn't actually come up I mean again right. I had like I, I had pages and pages of research that I'd done to prepare for him going rogue in a, in a number of certain ways and when he didn't do that, then it just turned into sort of a normal political debate, and that's the stuff that's, that's sort of my bread and butter. So nor- normal political debate about issues like health care and tax tax rates, that's stuff that I can do off the top of my head because I've, I've just been doing it for so long. Yeah, and, and, and I I like, I like, I would say that—I'd say this. If it were Dinesh, who had the debate with Cenk on those topics, Dinesh would have done fine, right? Like, that, the, 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 the issue was— It was meant to, to—yeah,
2: the, is- the issue was he just went to prison and divorce. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and Dinesh was, uh, we spoke with Dinesh about it, and, and he was, he, I, I love, and he's going to be on the show next, and believe me, this is not at all a knock on Dinesh, it's just, there's a generational change, it's almost like, you, know, you have someone who's a great boxer, but they're prepared for different opponents, there's there, there are certain rule changes, you know, you have hockey players, in the year, pardon me, the Colt 45, mute button, sorry, <laughs> that was, that, this is just, this is an awful awful beverage. For people. I don't know what Billy D. Williams was thinking. Um, and uh, and he just wasn't ready for what Shank brought. I think you, even myself, uh, I'd be more familiar with, with, with his techniques.
9: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it really is, you know, Dinesh is a, is a good boxer, Marcus of Queensbury rules, and the way that some of these debates are, they're just MMA. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's fine when you go in fighting Conor McGregor thinking that it's going to be boxing rules, but you know, I, I recommend that if Conor McGregor is losing in the 11th round, that he, if he's going to lose anyway, he may as well just throw a roundhouse kick at, at Floyd Mayweather and knock him <laughs> just out. Just to save and face. And that's the end of the debate. Yeah,
0: so. Just to
2: save face and say, you're a boxer, you'll and do
9: nothing. You'll do nothing. That's what he does. Wouldn't that be the greatest end to any match ever, though? If they have this whole boxing match and McGregor's just getting his ass kicked because he's not a boxer, and then at the very end he's like, you know what, just screw it. Just screw it. Yeah. it just a roundhouse. Chuck Norris, roundhouse kick to the face, Mayweather goes flying out of the ring, and then he's unconscious and, and you see the referee just go pick up his arm because he won. That'd be amazing. It'd <laughs> it be would great be. TV. I
2: also would pay to see you roundhouse kick Chank. But, you know, he'd be wearing the proper headgear because we're mm-hmm. civilized here. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's odd. We've never once been invited to Politicon. Now, I do think that Chank has specifically requested we not go, and I don't blame him after we showed up to Chank's panel as Chank. Um, but <laughs> I remember years ago when Lee Doran had a very small channel, Chank invited him out to political was in a room with like maybe 50 people mm-hmm. same kind of thing got very personal and what he tries to do is cut people off with the past okay
6: right this is what Republicans do when they say this
2: but really and, and that's actually a very clever debating technique yeah, it's the same it thing is. in combat where you learn okay he you know I'm gonna step away from his power and counter same kind of issue and uh, he would hand pick people. There was a thing he would pick on this channel when I had 50 something thousand subscribers. Couldn't get enough of it, apparently. And now it's like our name is Voldemort. He won't even speak of it. Um, so, when did you know that you were invited to Politicon? And was this a mutual decision, or did, did they just offer Cenk you and he accepted?
9: No, so it was, it was sort of mutual. So what happened is that I had done Politicon last year, I debated, or two years ago, I debated Sally Cohn, yes. uh, and that drew a big crowd and got some attention. Uh, and then this year, obviously, we've grown in size since then. I mean, we, there we've sure. a lot more followers since then. And so Politicon approached us, and uh, they gave us a list of people, and they said, well, you can be on this panel, or this panel, or this panel, or you can do a debate. And I said, well, I'd obviously prefer to do a debate than a panel, because what the hell. Uh, and they gave us a list of people who uh, to debate, and we we were the ones who actually said you know if we're gonna do this give us Chank. let's do this thing yeah you see uh, and then Chang's people were and then Chang's people were like yeah that sounds good and then if you notice like in the run up to it he was so I cocky do,
2: <laughs> he was so cocky
9: uh, well, I was like I'm it, gonna I'm it, gonna bump know, the floor the, with him. It, in the run-up to it, I, I didn't do what I think I—actually, if you remember the debate with Dinesh, he le- leads off by saying, well, Dinesh, you came in here and you say that you were going to kick my ass, right? I didn't do a lot of the kind of trash-talking boxing match stuff beforehand. Right. Uh, instead, I basically said, let's have a cordial conversation. And that sort of forced Chank into a corner a little bit, because now, if I said it's a boxing match, then he could come out and he could do the whole, you know, he, you say you're going to kick my ass? Well, you're a jerk! you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and instead— uh, instead, I had said, let's have a cordial conversation, and so it became, okay, who's the first person who's gonna punch below the belt? Right. And. If we don't punch, if he doesn't punch below the belt, then it's the, the debate is not going to go in his favor. If he does punch below the belt, that's what I was prepared for. So I was prepared for he was going to punch below the belt. If he had done what what his typical tactic was, I was going to actually do what, back to him what he does. Right? I was going to deconstruct his yes. tactics. Yes. So and I think that's different
2: about you, and I think that's important to note. And this is kind of something we do on this show. We always say we match intensity. We had a, my first Brazilian Jiu Jitsu instructor when I was a white belt. He said, you know, he was Brazilian. He said, if you go if you go mild, they're going to go mild. If you come a spicy, your your partner going to come a spicy. Spicy. And that was we always learned, you know, you give and take, and so that's how a white belt rolls with a black belt. You don't hurt each Who's other.
9: Who's also an Italian cook?
2: No, no, no. That was what he said, you gotta go spicy. So um with we'll fight. <laughs> And, and I remember this because it was very clear, like, you match the intensity of your opponent. And that's where we've had super civil dialogues with Mark Duplass. But when Christopher Titus came on and just said, you don't care about X amount of children dead with guns, you do have to address it. And, and I think you do that well because most of your conversations are like this, are productive. I do think Cenk went a little below the belt with a couple of them. But uh, but you're not afraid to hit back. And I think that's the big difference generationally is. You don't go there, but you are willing to match intensity. Would you Would you say that's a fair assessment?
9: I do think that's a fair assessment. I think that this is, I mean, not to, not to get broader, but I think that this is one of the reasons that Trump won is because there's a feeling like he's willing to not only match intensity, but go further than the intensity level that's necessary. And uh, if you're on the right and you've been watching Republicans get kicked around for years, you figure, okay, who's going to punch back? Trump's the only one who's willing to match intensity, and we can't do the kind of Mitt Romney-esque. Let's have a cordial debate routine when they're saying that you're strapping dogs to the top of cars and putting women in binders and putting you all back in chains. And so Trump never felt like that. So I think a lot of Republicans resonated to that. Right. So I think that that's that's sort of the same thing here. Uh, That's been my shtick for a long time, though, is the is the idea that if you go low, I'm happy to do that. I mean, that's that's been true ever since Piers Morgan. Uh, So that's nothing new. Although you didn't strangle the tranny who grabbed you on that show. Well, th- there, I, <laughs> I would have, go have paid jail. good money uh, for so you
7: to
2: was, just go back that. and go, huh? I can do the Vulcan death grab as well, and just see what, and just let the cards fall where they may.
9: Well, also, I mean, th- there's that would not have gone well for a variety of reasons. <laughs> I mean, if you, that, that's one of those things where it's like, if you do that and and you knock somebody who's transgender off a bar stool in in the <laughs> CNN studios, you go to jail. And if you don't, then you just got your ass handed to you by. True. Uh, by. Uh, former Bob-ter. So a former bobbed her.
2: So there's only one way to handle it: just a gentle sack tap. Just so that way you you, you get him, or you go, oh, proven wrong. I tip my hat to you, sir. That's the only way. College again. I wonder like what sack I'm sack doing with my life. I, I, I I I well, like... I, you know, listen. Don't wonder anymore because the question's been answered. Okay, let me give you w- one final question: Is there any inside baseball, anything that happened behind the scenes that people don't know about? Did you meet Anna Kasparian? Did something happen behind this? Was there something? There's something. I see you smirking. Did
3: she leave
9: her shave kit behind? <laughs> I, so it, you know i i think that uh, the, the only thing that the, the only thing that happened behind the scenes is that it was it was very weird cause they moved to the entire m- venue like within an hour yeah. so we moved over there and they take us to this tiny green room uh and the green room is legitimately like chank and chank's assistant and me and so it's just the three of us sitting there talking for a while uh and uh so that that had some some interesting moments that, that i don't really want to get into but it was it was uh, it, it was interesting. I, I'll, I'll put it that way. It was interesting. And then, afterward, uh, I'm not sure how happy Chank was with the whole thing, just because, again, I'm not sure that he was used to the idea of there being this many people who are not pro him in the crowd. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, we were shocked by it. We were shocked. We walked out, and we were, I was figuring going in that every year, I, mean, I believe TYT is an actual co sponsor of Politicon. So yes. I was expecting to walk out there and it to be an entire army of TYT fans. And when we walked out there, and it was like two to one against Chank. Uh, that I think dramatically changed the terms of engagement a little bit. Which
2: actually tells me the audience was pretty. Si- your audience was pretty civil because it sounded like half-half. It sounded pretty much. I wouldn't have guessed two-thirds. We kind of guessed half-half. But your audience isn't as much of the the trained seals who just clap when you mention someone's prison sentence or divorce. Uh, I was really glad to see it. I hope to see more like this. Uh, I, I was glad that it was as productive as it was. I think you did a great job. Yeah, I have too. turned. Listen, and I will say this. I, you know, we may, I, I rib you a lot because you know your Tumblr sucks. But I will say this. Um, you are like <laughs> you the new. This? It travels right horribly. Here? Look at this, hand etched. I don't know what people are thinking. When you see someone coming up, I mean, I've known Ben for almost a decade now. It is like I used to recommend for a long time. People say, what do you recommend I read? I would say Thomas Sowell when I was uh, John Stossel. I know a lot of people don't necessarily think of him first. Great books. And I will say this. I recommend Ben Shapiro to a lot of first timers. Shapiro, Levin. I think he's become one of those prolific writers and debaters. And I think people would do well to study his blueprint. He is kind of the guy to look to when it comes to this and being prepared. There you go. There's a compliment. That's what you're doing with your life. He came here for that. Dailywire.com, the Ben Shapiro Show, available everyone iTunes. Ben, thank you, sir. I know you're tired. Go uh, go have some Manischewitz and relax.
9: I definitely will. Thanks so much. And, and try to recover from the circumcision you recently underwent along <laughs> with those side locks.
2: Oh, uh, well, you don't know the half of it. We'll be back with Dinesh. Save what it
0: is. Save what Earth. Fire. Wind. Water.
1: Heart. Go, go brain.
2: Brain. By, By your... your... B- wait, 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 wait. Wait. What was that? Heart? Yes! No wait, really, did you, did you just say heart? The power of heart! Yeah, but okay, well, hold on. They've got earth, wind, water, fire. Those are actual elements that can be quantified. I'm just trying to see how heart plays into this.
0: I will change the world with the power
2: of heart! Okay, yeah, no, I, I know you, you, you've said that. I think maybe signals are getting crossed here. I just, I don't... I mean, I know what the, the earth guy, he moves the ground. He can grow trees, water. We we know what she can do. Fire is pretty self explained. I'm just I'm just, I. What do you do? I can change lives with the power of heart. heart. Yeah, okay, I figured as much. I just, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think you, I don't I, I don't think you bring a lot of value here. Um, I'll tell you what, if we need the Care Bears uh, on an eco mission, we'll give you a call. Until then, uh, why don't you just sit this one out? T- tell you what, how about you sit all of them out? You know what, give me a ring. Give me the ring. No, it's my heart ring. See, I don't know what that means.
0: Captain Planet, he's a hero, gonna take pollution down to zero.
3: Live every time, live every time. How often do you hear these live reads by me? Not very often at all, actually. This is a first. And uh, I'm just going to go say, you know, I'm sorry in advance for what you have to deal with here, but uh, you're stuck with me. And I'm here to talk about the Mug Club because the Mug Club is pretty darn awesome. That's right. $99 annually, 69 for students and vets. You helped uh, support this entire team to support this entire program. You get uh, get to keep all of us hired here. Uh, me especially, I'm, I'm just going to go, you know, throw it out there pretty selfishly. I like being employed uh, It affords all of my Skittles habits and... Uh, other such activities, which I can't go into at the moment, but it, it affords me the ability to do those things, and uh, we appreciate it. It all helps us, uh, as you hear with the the Bob Ross lawsuit and uh, lawsuit and other ones that you heard about this week on the Mug Club. Legal battles we have to fight all the time because people want to take us down, but they're never going to because they're too strong with the Mug Club members. That's right, ninety nine dollars annually, sixty nine for students and vets, and and uh, you know you get lots of cool programming. Programming all week long, daily shows, morning grinders. That's a good show, I hear. And uh, we love you. We love our fans who aren't cheapskates and support Mug Club. Hmm. Oh, that's Colt 45. It's not even good, with the mug, 44% better with mug, 44% better. Don't get me wrong, it's still awful, but, you know, take what we can get,
0: Mug Club. I don't want nobody, want nobody, and I don't want nobody, you got that right.
2: All right, glad to have our next guest. It's been a while since we've had our next guest on. Been, uh, I can't I, remember last I time, I don't, actually. It, it, this was back when we were in our den. Was and it? And he was a nice enough to grace was our show. We've worked together wow. behind the scenes. He's always been a gentleman and uh, obviously a very, very smart guy. We are just talking about him with Ben Shapiro. You can follow him on Twitter at Dinesh D'Souza and his new book, The Big Lie, is out. What's what's the, the following uh, to, to The Big Lie? I don't have all the words right about exposing the left's Nazi roots. Forgive
7: me. Exposing the Nazi Roots of the American Left.
2: There you go. That's a mouthful, and I'm glad that I let you say it, not me. Uh, <laughs> but Dinesh is, is, is fantastic if you read his books. What I love about his books is they, they can go through issues point by point so you can reference them. Mm. So that's always useful, especially for young people uh, when you're reading a book, if it's just entirely kind of thematic and it's, abs- it, it's tough to follow. So, um, Dinesh, uh, you also just wrote this article you you sent to me about debunking the lie that Trump is a fascist. Now, we've done a lot of work on this as well. We've we've presupposed that Bernie is more of a fascist than Trump. But explain to the audience your
7: uh, your your stance there. Well, we could start by talking about, uh, you know, fascist economics. Now, uh, if you look up the definition of fascism, you'll see under the economic category state run capitalism. That's what fascism means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump is trying to reduce the power of the government, to increase the power of the private sector. Fascism moves in the opposite direction. If you look at the policy of the Democratic Party, uh, even Obama over the past eight years, we haven't really seen strictly speaking socialism because in, in socialist countries the government tries to nationalize private industry. Right. But under Obama, what we see is private industry remains private. We still have private uh, hospitals. We have private health insurance companies, but the government tells them what to do. Right. And similarly under Obama, we saw increasing federal regulation of banks, uh, investment houses, energy companies. Bernie and Hillary wanted to expand the federal control of higher education. So this is quite strictly speaking, state-run capitalism, another word for it is fascism.
2: Yeah, a lot of people, a new term people have used is, is crony capitalism or corporatism. So basically what you're doing is bringing it back to the actual definition. People won't find this on Google, by the way. What's funny is it's fascism, it refers to it as right-wing, and if you Google communism, yeah. no, mention no mention of at all. it being left. So I think people have really turned
7: around the it's spectrum. It's almost as if they're lying. It's almost <laughs> as if they're being misleading, Dinesh. <laughs> well, uh, here's the thing, that uh, all of this, uh, there's a sort of a history of this. And um, in the 20s and 30s, uh, fascism was understood to be on the left, both by the fascists themselves and by their critics. Right. Um, Mussolini was a Marxist he was the leader of italian socialism uh he and gramsci were the two biggest names in italian socialism when mussolini came to power lenin sent a telegram of congratulations basically acknowledging a fellow revolutionary on the left yes uh hitler we all know was a national socialist changed the name of the german workers party to stick in national socialism so what happened is that after world war 2 when fascism and nazism became Uh, ineradicably stained with the odor of holocaust that's when the progressives who were coming to power in the university said oh gee this is very bad for us Uh, (laughs) if fascism is seen on the left young people are going to sort of have the goods on us and they're going to look elsewhere so we need to do a little bit of a cover-up operation here and let's see if we can move fascism from the left-wing column into the right-wing column. So we're seeing the legacy of this preposterous sleight of hand. Uh, and that's that's part of what I love to do in the book. It's not just about Trump. I'm blowing the cover on sort of a, um, a hundred years of secret history, which helps us really understand what these things like fascism, Nazism, what do they actually mean? Yeah, and that's a really good point, because w- when we started doing this uh,
2: with Bernie videos, downvote, 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 we've talked about this, and the lead into the next topic. And then more recently, we've com- talked about Bernie and compared his policies directly with communists, directly with, with known socialists uh, or, or fascists, It's the, the similarities are striking. We've even gone co- quote for quote, and people are much more open-minded now because I think they're waking up. And that's something I wanted to bring up. Now, this next clip will seem unflattering because Cenk has is, as being a jerk. But I wanted to bring us up to contrast what happened with Ben and Shank recently because the audience has shifted, in large part due to people like yourself and Ben, and sometimes yours truly, but not, all, not a whole lot. This was, uh, I think, two years ago, Dinesh's debate.
7: An unknown quantity is more dangerous than a known crook. So, first of all, Dinesh, you keep calling her a crook, but you just got out of jail.
0: You should let's
2: uh, let's give Dinesh a second. Now I don't say that at all because he insulted you to show. We'll look at him, but what he did in your debate. And we talked about this when you were on this. He just looked to the audience, right? Because it was stacked against you. Now with Ben Shapiro there, the audience is becoming more split. There are a lot of younger people who are starting, and it's not that there are more people uh, following Ben than you. It's that the younger demographic is shifting. In part, I think a big turning point was your debate with Chank. I don't know if you remember when you were on the show. It was all upvoted. People loved him, and we said, "Did you watch what what he actually said?" It was either yeah. about personal issues, in uh, marital issues, or personal financial issues, and everyone. Went Went back and all of a sudden, within two weeks, his his stuff was downvoted and he hemorrhaged hemorrhaged in audience. Have you seen that that switch?
7: Well, um, you know, in the actual event itself, as I looked in the audience, Chenk kind of came in with an entourage. He had a robotic group of about two dozen people who were literally planted in the audience to yell and scream no matter what he said. So he sort of had, you know, I think they're in parties they're called party pumpers, Yes. but in a debate, he had debate pumpers. Uh, and these were, you know, I mean, they were in a sense, if, if, if this had been Mussolini's Italy, these guys would have been black shirts because they were robotic it didn't matter what was said. They weren't listening. They had no capacity, as far as I could see, to listen. And with Chenk, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a kind of intellectual hooligan. <laughs> uh, I'm dealing with someone who has no uh, elasticity of mind um, and somebody who's essentially going to rely on a sort of brutal verbal thuggery to try to win the debate. Uh, now, I could have done the same, but I thought, I'm not going to do that because I want people to be able to sit back. And so sure enough, uh, I've had this happen to be on campuses. I'll debate a guy, the campus audience is completely in his camp. The, the, the debate gets aired on C-SPAN. It's a completely different reaction.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's what's so important about it. Is Again, I, th- I think we talked about this. You have people just in our recent Hawaii special, people you can talk with, you can convince, you have a conversation, and the people who you can't, you have to recognize the difference and make an example of them. Uh, and I think, you know, you're not trying to convince Cenk at that point. You're convincing the rest of the people on YouTube watching C-SPAN. And I think you did a good job of it. Speaking of which, so it goes back to the big lie. When we were in Hawaii, and we went to the federal building to protest the protesters, who were demanding no more Homeland Security, no more ICE, $1,500 as a universal uh, basic income per month? Uh, they didn't allow us in the building. And while we were waiting outside for our turn, someone was sent to say that we were Bosnian terrorists uh, <laughs> at the federal building. You know, hoping we get tased and tackled. Um, again, this kind of goes back to the obfuscating of the left historically. Is this something that you cover in your book, the tactics of just accusing your opposition of doing what what you're doing? Well, hold on, we're really fat. Mussolini? No, 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 no. Mussolini was right
7: wing. You're fascists. You know, the, to someone just looking at American politics, the most obvious analogy to the, the fascists would be these Antifa thugs, right? These right. guys wear costumes, they have masks, they carry weapons, they use intimidation and violence. But, but I think that they are less threatening than the more powerful figures, which would be something like the Hollywood studio bosses. Now, here's what I mean. The, the Nazis had a term called Gleichschaltung. The term actually means coordination, but what the Nazis wanted to do was get all sectors of society into sync with Nazi ideology. Nobody's allowed to get out of line, uh, out of step, so to speak uh... and here we see in academia in media in hollywood that you have to toe the line. Uh, the reason we have a secret organization of conservatives that, uh, you know, meets in secret and sh- shows up in disguise <laughs> is those guys know that these people have the power to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, and so that we have, Gleichschaltung like in America, it's called political correctness, and it's enforced by the left. It isn't just guys on the street in Berkeley. It's very fa- powerful people who control our uh, cultural institutions. But the beauty of that
2: is that now, and I think even more so than two years ago with Cenk, um, you know, concerning the money that he, he got from, uh, from Qatar and the money they got from a former Republican governor, his name slips my mind, um, the left sort of invested in new media and the right has caught up and now that they've caught up, not necessarily in funding, we're still obviously uh, nowhere near the Young Turks funding, but It's more of a form of ideas, and that's how you're seeing more young people becoming conservative. Final question here, because we've covered this a lot, talking about Bernie and Hitler and national socialists, the Nazi roots. How much for people who will say that's hyperbolic, how much of your title, the American left their Nazi roots, is used to get people to read the book versus it being a very literal comparison that you're willing to defend?
7: no it's uh Stephen, it's an absolutely literal comparison and let me say it very briefly this way hitler got three of his most destructive genocidal ideas either from american progressives or from the democratic party uh, hitler got his idea for Lebensraum, the whole notion of throwing the Slavs, the Poles, the Eastern Europeans, the Russians off their land, resettling it with German families, uh, and enslaving the people who remained. Hitler specifically said, "I got this from the Jacksonian Democrats. right By the way, there's a whole body of historical scholarship that supports this. I'm not saying anything that mainstream his- historians reject. Here's the key difference. They don't blame the Democratic Party. They try to put the blame on America. Hitler Mm. got his ideas from America as though he'd been reading the Declaration of Independence. No, (laughs) he's specifically getting his ideas, you know, from the the eugenicists, the progressives around Margaret Sanger. They had talked not just about forced sterilization, but one of them came up with a blueprint for what he called lethal chambers to euthanize people. The Nazis went, great idea. Let's use carbon monoxide gas and long before the final solution for the Jews, uh, Hitler was, was was killing off the sick, the disabled, the so-called imbeciles, uh, the unfit. Yeah. Uh, and he got that idea straight from American Progressors. So I could go on, but you can see this is not just Jonah Goldberg. I'm not just talking about liberal fascism in some vague ideological sense. Right. I'm talking about the actual schemes that the Nazis derived from America This was Hitler and the Nazis implemented in Nazi Germany. That's
2: a perfect, that's what I was looking for in answer to stick the landing, because so many people ask us that question when we draw that comparison, when we take quote for quote and we do the videos. Nope. It's an absolute literal comparison, and we're not misusing the word literally. We mean a quite literal <laughs> comparison in policy. And uh, as LeVar Burton said, you don't have to take my word for it, only it's not a six-year-old with a coloring book out. It's, it's Dinesh true. D'Souza, it's a That's gentleman Sousa. and a scholar. The book is The Big Lie. You can follow him on Twitter, at Dinesh D'Souza. Uh, where's the next place people can, uh, can find you, Dinesh? I mean, I
7: think they'll be able to... Uh, I'm all over Twitter, uh, and DineshD'Souza.com is my website. And the book, of course, is available everywhere. I'm happy to say, uh, given my past troubles with Costco, it's <laughs> Costco is a big order for the book. You can get it in Costco. There you go. You can get
2: yourself a bottle of 500 krill oil pills and the big lie. We'll be back to wrap this show up
0: in a ribbon. Oh, it just isn't done that well. Earth. Fire. Wind, water, heart. Go go Planet. Planet. By your, your powers, powers combined, I, I am Captain, Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Planet, he's a hero gonna take pollution down to zero. Okay, Planeteers, it's time to take this evil corporate oil baron down to size. Fire! Light his powder kegs. You got it, Captain. Fire! Heart, shut up.
2: Try this one on for size, Mr. 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 Businessman.
0: Oh no, the Planeteers and Captain Planet, you've lit all my oil on fire. Oh, my profits are ruined. You'll never get away with this. Looks
6: like we just did, Mr. Oil Man. Hey there, Captain and Planeteers. Remember, only you can prevent- Wait, what the shit? Hey, Smokey. Seriously, what, you, you lit that whole- do you realize what you've just done with this brush fire? Yeah, we cut that Texas corporate oil man down to size! No. No, you have just destroyed the habitats of countless animals. And likely killed the Johnson family. They live out there in the woods in a cabin. They're, they're probably
0: dead. Well, at least we know that oil man won't be cutting any more slimy deals anytime soon.
6: No, no, put that ring down. This is serious. There are people in there. Have you ever seen what a third degree burn looks like? Smokey, I think you're being too hard on the children. They're only trying to save the environment. Oh, right, Captain, and what a great track record they have. Isn't that right, Mrs. Water, Hurricane Katrina?
0: That wasn't my fault. Who builds a city below
6: sea level? No, no, it was your fault. And you should be ashamed, just like that ginger on this brush fire. Smokey, I think it's time for you to calm down. Oh, is that right, Mr. Earth? Because it just so happens that only you can prevent me kicking your ass. Come here. Oh, Earth, Earth. Oh God, the water won't help! just
1: oh, my fire! Hot. Hot, it does nothing! Hurry, Earth, we just have to outrun hard!
0: Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution. Down Down to to zero
2: That was by request, I don't know why request, the drowning dance. Someone said, you don't do it enough anymore. And I actually forgot about it. My mouth was open at the beginning of the drowning dance.
3: Ooh, that'll get you. That'll get that'll you. That'll get like you. Like in Hawaii Ooh. with the
2: salt water. It is Can't so salty it in out. Hawaii. It is definitively saltier than uh, on the Atlantic
3: side. Yeah, or Lake Michigan.
2: Side. Yes, yes, notably. Thank you to Dinesh D'Souza, Ben Shapiro. We really appreciate it. I know we were sort of talking about their personal issues in in those interviews, and we didn't get to Trump-Russia because that's been going on for a long time. Again, bear with us. We've been gone this week. We did the Hawaii special, Bill, and Gerald filled in on Tuesday. We'll talk more about immigration next week. We'll talk more about... Um, uh, what Dinesh was discussing just there about the left and their switcheroo and actually the southern strategy. We'll have someone uh, who just recently filmed the PragerU video on that. So really excited about next week. Back to the normal schedule for Mug Club members. Listen, this is completely unrelated to what we were talking about, but it goes to the Hawaii special for Mug Club members who saw it. Um, You know, Hawaii is a really blue. I didn't realize it was possibly the bluest state
3: in the whole union. I would not have thought that. I would have always put like California, New York, Illinois way up there. You, you don't often think of no. Hawaii.
2: Very strong anti-American Sorry, current running through there, which surprised me. It was almost like being back in Canada, mm. where there seemed to be a strong anti I guess sort of mainlanders, they call them. Sure. This anti-American overall ideal. Uh, Barack Obamas a, he's, he's a rock star over there. He is. They have shrines to the guy in multiple, yep. di- multiple places. Right outside the shrines to the, 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 the original Hawaiian kings who used to kill you if you so much <laughs> as stepped in their shadow. Lovely people. How dare, how dare we conquer them? Brutal, brutal. Our cab driver telling us about that. Our cab driver is telling us g- that. tell And that's where
0: that's, the, what, the Hawaiian king throw you off the cliff. They, they, kill, you. Yeah. they kill you. They kill you. They kill yeah. you. if you, kill you, kill you. Kill you step you. in a shadow. Remember, Sheldon, they build the H3 here. The road to build goes through. And they protest because that's where, you know, they have their the, the holy house.
2: And they have their sacrifice, you so know? are like,
3: oh, like sacrificing, you know, like, like some fish? Right. Like, no, no people. people. <laughs> well, maybe it's good they that we built a you. few highways through there. Maybe it's a good thing. Uh, it's a pretty bad omen for the highway.
2: Yeah. If not for its natural beauty, you wouldn't go to Hawaii. Put it that way. They sure. keep voting for the wrong side consistently. They want $1,500 just for being alive. What could possibly go wrong there? Look at the Native American grounds. Um, they want an $18 an hour minimum wage. With it. They already have the highest cost of living. What could possibly go wrong there? And, and you do realize that there, there is sort of a Stockholm syndrome that takes place. And we've seen it with Detroit see if they address that with the film. We'll review it tomorrow uh, on this channel and uh, over there for Mug Club members. And uh, you see it with Hawaii. You see it with places like California. And here's something, too. When I was talking with Will uh, Caron, and, and I think we'll upload that full interview. Carone. Yeah, he corrected me. It was French. I was like, Caron. He's like, it's Carone. Oh, so it must be, like, adapted from Italian? He's like, it's French. When <laughs> it's not Caron. That's not how it goes in French. I always try to learn the right, wrong way to say things in English. But I, I did realize this. We were kind of missing each other. I said, listen, if I could show you definitive data from three or four or five sources that we could agree are reputable that show an increased minimum wage would hurt the poorest and least skilled among us, would, would, would you be willing to open, change your point of view? And that's an important question because you often get one of two answers. Well, almost entirely get one of two answers. Either, well, if it didn't work, we'd find a way to, to make it fair. Or, Yeah. Maybe we'd look at at, at non-government intervention. Maybe we'd look at something that we haven't even considered. And he, to his credit, answered much more so the latter. Uh, Ideologues and Bernies of the world, they don't even consider the possibility that maybe, maybe Detroit would be better off if we actually stopped doing what Detroit has done since 1961. Hmm. That maybe, maybe Hawaii wouldn't have the highest cost of living in some of the highest poverty in the country, if we changed direction and, and, and looked at the alternative side of the political spectrum, the, the, the radical new side, the libertarian side, in the realm of human history, this idea of radical freedom and free enterprise, that's the radical idea. That's the new idea, not old European socialism. But, but, but here's something, I realize we're disconnecting with that, and it goes back to what Dennis Prager said about human nature. Listen, I will give you this, because if someone were to ask me this question, what if you had a really, what if you had, I could prove that there's a really good person, a perfect person, to be in that position and would you grant him that authority? Someone with a perfect track record. I think the truth is a dictatorship or a king with someone who is 100% true-hearted and benevolent would probably be the best form of government there is. I think we can agree that. If there was a perfect human being who was just and fair in all facets, in all walks of life, and you were to make him ruler, that probably would be the best scenario for everyone. Okay? But because of human nature, because people aren't that way, it's not the best system. And even if there were somebody so noble and true-hearted and benevolent, because we know that even with good people, power corrupts, particularly power and success over time, is corrosive to the human condition, then we have to look into ways of mitigating the negative portions of, human, of the human condition, which tend to rear their ugly head when given unfettered power. Bernie Sanders. John McCain. And that means eliminating as much power from each individual as possible. And that's what we did, the system of government in the United States, that's why I have three branches. Go back to Schoolhouse Rock. Federal, judicial, and anyone, anyone, executive. We designed it, when people say there's gridlock, that's a good thing. That means that no one has a wand where they can wield all power. And we were just sitting there, and I realized this is the disconnect with this guy in Hawaii, with these people. They truly believe that if they get in, it's, it's the no true Scotsman argument. If we get in the right person, If we get in the right person, we're gonna fix this. And so what do they do? They hinge everything on getting in the right person. When you're having these discussions, when you're having these arguments, understand that's the root cause of it. And you know what? Unlike the ideologues who can't go with us saying, okay, listen, what if we could prove that it never works in practice? And they say, yeah, 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 but, but in theory, fine. I'll go with them in theory. In theory, the perfect human being, make him king, that'd be great. But that's not reality. And because we live in reality, there is no perfect system, but the American constitutional system of law that we have is as good as we have ever seen. You know, it really dawned on I me, mean, when you're looking at Chenk and Ben, or when you're looking at Cenk and you're looking at Dinesh, and just the discussions we were having in Hawaii, they will not often, now, This Will Carone did, but they will often, certainly not Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton, grant you, listen, if I could prove this in practicality, no, no, they're too bought in. Guess what? I can buy into that. Yep, in theory, you'd be absolutely right. So if you really want to, I highly recommend reading Ben Shapiro, reading Dinesh D'Souza, smarter men who have, who have come before me and will, will be here after me. Because let's be honest, <laughs> I'm probably not going to make it that long. If you're a bar Buy ticket's been punched. You, you can hear the sounds of a Allahu Akbar down the block. Um, I highly recommend reading them and being prepared, generally prepared, like we talked about with Ben Shapiro. But if you look at all of these debates, it comes down to that fundamental disagreement of the human condition and how to best correct it. And if you understand that, please go out and have more of these conversations with people and ask them about it. Say, if I can give you that, the perfect person, great king, can you give me? Mussolini, Hitler, Stalin, Bernie, to use a less extreme example. If I can grant you that, can you grant me? And you will be very surprised by the answers that these people come up with. And you'll be very surprised by either how persuasive you can be for someone who's willing to listen, or uh by how vitriolic they can be for people who won't. You need to be able to recognize that difference: people who can be convinced, people who will talk with you, who can have a conversation, and people who cannot. The first you convince, The second, you're using them to convince everybody else in the room. Use them as an example. Uh, I think Ben Shapiro did that effectively. I think Dinesh often does that effectively. And hopefully, we'll have some more leftists come. It's hard to book them. It's hard to book them on the show. Please, I'll go to Politicon. I don't know. Give give me Anna Kasparian. and I won't talk about the nose job. See you next week.